0: Dublin. Welcome to the Quarantine Tapes, a daily podcast from Onassis, LA and Dublin. Hosted by Paul Holdengraber, this series chronicles shifting paradigms in the era of social distancing. Uh, Yes, hello. Hello, hello, Werner, Werner Herzog. It's a pleasure to speak with you today and thank you. Good morning, yes good morning to you and thank you for launching our quarantine tapes. We're beginning uh, the series now in these very troubled times. And I'd like to start with a quotation by Pascal that I I know, bless Pascal, is very close to you. And uh, uh, Pascal in the pensée said something that has very much been on my mind now, partly because it's taken a whole new resonance in these times. Pascal said that All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And I'm wondering how you might react to that.
1: Uh, Well, we have to take time to absorb it because it's a very deep statement, but there is a practical, immediate response. Uh, Just go and do reading. We have lost uh, our... um, nexus with, uh, with good books or poetry, we've lost it pretty much out of, out of our lives. We are too much into uh, tweets and uh, Facebook, uh, quick notes and things like that. So it's a wonderful time for reading.
0: You mean this time now that we're, we're living through, do you think that uh, the effects of uh, this uh, global pandemic will have an effect of bringing people more into an interior life?
1: Uh, Inevitably so, yes. And uh, of course, there has to be discipline. There has to be discipline because we are not in our regular lives, in the experience with reality, we are not made for understanding a mathematical principle that is in effect now, a geometrical progression of the disease. You see, we are, we are linear in our daily experience. You meet one person in the street, and then the next, and then the next, and the next. But um, what the virus does is a different mathematical form. You meet 32 persons, but the next person is not 33, but twice as many, 64. And the next one, two days later, is not 65, but 128. You see what I mean? We do not have everyday experience with a geometrical proge- progression. So and because of that, we have to be disciplined. We have to uh, understand that there's a principle out there that is not in our regular life's expectations.
0: And how should we be disciplined? And differently put, how are you disciplined?
1: So I am not uh, going out unless... There's an absolute necessity. Period.
0: Could you foresee this coming?
1: Um, no, but I have uh, speculated more about what would happen to the human race if there was no internet anymore for I remember... a longer period of time. That, uh, and I've made a film, and of course it would it would probably uh, be the doom of modern civilization, or I've speculated about um, a big volcanic event or a catastrophic uh, uh, impact of of a meteorite, for example, a volcanic event uh, which would obscure the sky for a whole decade, and that would be really, really serious for almost the entire amount of the human race.
0: I remember in a conversation you and I had in London so many years ago, a decade ago, really, uh, you yeah. s- you speculated what would happen if electricity stopped working in the city of London. Yeah, and I mean sure. now now we are in a situation within a week that has changed habits, and I'm I'm. I'm wondering if you, if you think, I mean, however difficult it is a question to ask in this context, where so many people are suffering, if you think this will, in a way, reboot us or make us think differently, or go more deeply yeah. into ourselves, or ch- you know, change yeah. change us in <coughs> one form or another.
1: Well, I hope for it. It uh, should bring the best out of out of us, and it can. Uh, yesterday, I saw. On TV, a person, a volunteer in uh, Seattle, who was somehow uh, receiving a virus similar to coronavirus, and um, some sort of uh, uh, test uh, vaccine is going to be used on him. And I think this is heroic. He uh, he gets a disease and uh, tests uh, an insecure way to get rid of it. You see, that's that's the best, the most civil uh, person, and, and I remember the face of the man, a totally civil, wonderful man. He should, uh, he should get, these people should get the Nobel Prize in medicine. The guinea pigs, the human volunteer guinea pigs. Give them the Nobel Prize right away before the committee even Starts to convene
0: if it can convene. Pardon? If it can convene, you know we're living through it. What's so extraordinary is the very the very institutions we need the most, uh, the places we need the most to to convene and come together. We can't, and I think what it what this has brought to the forefront to some extent is just how much, in in one sense, we need other people.
1: Yeah, sure, of course, and uh, (laughs) what can I say? (laughs) But we need uh, need other people uh, who uh, respond with warmth, who respond with affection, who respond with uh, uh, giving us a familiarity that we normally do not have, between neighbors, for example, across the street. Uh, we have a close relationship to our neighbors, but now they are like family.
0: Right, so it, it creates a, a, a new form of conviviality. And you were talking about reading, and I, I know you have a dictum that uh, what we really need to do, most of all, I'll have you say it. Because you say it better than anyone.
1: Well, I can only repeat: uh, read, 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 read.
0: And in, uh, and, in this peor- and in this period, Verna, yeah. what what um, what might we benefit reading at this moment?
1: Oh, whatever! I I do not want to dictate anything, but go beyond the tweets. And go beyond the Facebook uh, short uh, exchanges uh, and go beyond the chat rooms and don't read the chat rooms. Just go and read the things that you always wanted to read and never did it. You, you know, have the chance now.
0: You know, it's very interesting at this moment, uh, some books have become extremely popular. Um, for, like? instance, for instance, The Plague by Albert Camus Ah, uh, uh, yeah, you know, that's
1: interesting. Yes, and well, that's a quintessential book because it deals with a with a deep human aspect of it, with a philosophical aspect of it, with uh, absurdity and uh, nihilism reigning, and and still doing the right thing. <coughs>
0: Yeah um and uh, you know it, th- that I mean there's a whole list of books that are being submitted now Saramago uh, Camus Boccaccio um you know people are even turning to to the Greeks to to think about yeah. you know what what how how did they in a way deal with pandemics and with plagues and I think so much also of of some of your your your, your films which have dealt Directly with isolation, be it into the abyss or death row or the enigma of Kaspar Hauser. So, isolation is is a, a theme that has been with you for forever. One might say.
1: Well, isolation is one thing, but uh, but the deeper step is an existential solitude, and that's what uh, <coughs> what I'm more after. That's more fascinating for me.
0: How so? And Kasper
1: Hauser is about uh, an existential solitude. And my new feature film, um, which I shot in Japan, Family Romance, is about deep solitudes where people rent uh, friends that are absent. You know, there are agencies who rent friends um, and family members missing. And, and it's something uh, which is coming at us uh, with or without coronavirus the
0: the 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 question I think that is on everybody's mind is how will life be when this too will pass?
1: Uh, it will resume uh, and uh, but there will be a cultural memory like we have a cultural re- memory uh, of the European plagues. In uh, 13, 38, 40 or so, um, that there is some some sort of a deep echo inside of us, and uh, this will be uh, renewed. We uh, we will understand that our collective existence is uh, is a fragile one, you and know, our presence on this planet is fragile.
0: And and nature has. Has the last word?
1: Uh, not but, only nature. Sometimes we can have the last, last words. We we can inflict uh, we can inflict our own doom upon us. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's nature that, that does the job. It's microbes, a uh, 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 very big meteorite hitting, and, and then it's gonna be over.
0: I remember so so vividly when when we once spoke and and you 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 spoke precisely of all the organisms that will survive us that we we as a a species will disappear so much quicker.
1: Yeah, of course uh, there are more robust species out there. Reptiles, of course, they are much more robust and had had a much longer life in evolution, or cockroaches. Of course, they can even withstand a nuclear blast. They can absorb radioactivity. And then of course, microbes. Microbes two kilometers underground uh, who are um, uh, in a state of uh, suspended animation. And they may come to life and do something funny to us.
0: something that comes through my mind now these days is to all these new forms of of uh of conviviality that in a way were exotic until most recently like the phone people have not used the phone the way they're using yeah. it now it's coming back in some form or fashion because we 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 feel the need to hear the grain of the voice of other people
1: yeah well, I, I see that, but I um, since I do not have a cell phone, you're calling me on a landline. I do have an old-fashioned landline with a cable <laughs> into the wall. So, um, But um, I have uh, meaningful conversations uh, via email, for example, or discourse via email, but I'm not on social media, of course.
0: I never will be.
1: No, that's not my thing. I'm I'm into, uh, as I said, into reading, into poetry, into uh, other forms of communication. My kitchen table holding six, that's my my social medium, that's my platform. And uh, I do believe that um, what we are seeing now may originate new forms or, or old forms of culture like Um, uh, voice conversation which is not practiced that much anymore. Or like in Boccaccio's Decameron, it's like beginning of culture. The plague hits Florence, Uh, uh, young people flee to the countryside into an abandoned um, estate, and now storytelling begins. Everyone has to tell a story each night. And it goes for exactly 10 days. You've got 100 stories. And it's like a beginning of culture, beginning of storytelling.
0: So in, in, in in your wildest dreams, which I know you have during the day and not at night, in your wildest dreams, the beginning of culture after this pandemic would look like what?
1: Um... People huddling together and um, sharing warmth, and sharing sharing stories, singing songs. That's what culture is all about. You know, and a collective yeah. a, a collective agitation of mind, and everybody around me that wh- who I see. Uh, is in a state of agitation. And uh, that's a good side effect of what we are witnessing.
0: What are you reading for the moment?
1: Uh, quite quite a few things. Uh, uh, I'm rereading uh, an obscure Greek uh, historian, Theodoros Siculus, for specific reasons, and I've gone into reading Alexander von Humboldt, his uh, travel to South America in 18, 1801, very fascinating, to the Orinoco, into Mexico and other places, and I'm reading poetry, Pasternak. So I have a whole bouquet, and I, I want to go uh, to read, uh, the Book of Job again. I've read it, reread it, reread it, reread it, and I want to reread uh, uh, Daniel Defoe's uh, Journal of the Plague Year.
0: Yeah,
1: seventeen twenty-two. or so, but the Plague Year was sixteen sixty-five, when he was a little child. But he writes as if he had been there. It's a, it's all invented, and yet it is the deepest, most accurate most truthful description of a plagiar.
0: How is that and possible? It has, it,
1: well, he researched a lot, but, but it's imagination also, and, and research. And and the indelible images, uh, he describes a big square outside of parliament where there's a, a wheat field all of a sudden. Corn is growing, wheat is growing. <laughs> and um, I, I do remember, I have flashes of, uh, of images from uh, Daniel Defoe, and um, in my opinion, it points to uh, what I have always uh, tried to find, a, a deeper truth that is partially achieved by invention. It's an illuminated look at at, at the plague.
0: Look at it head on.
1: Yes, uh, and, and also through a detour in imagination and invention. And you see the deeper truth because uh, the deeper truth is an invented one like Michelangelo's Pietà. Jesus in her lap is uh, the tormented uh, man, a face of a 33-year-old man. His mother is 17. Of course, that's a gross distortion. The mother of a thirty-three-one-old-year man is not seventeen, but it gives us a deeper truth about the Virgin Mary and the Man of Sorrows. And sometimes, oh, I came across some. I have to tell you, it's wonderful. I <clears throat> did a film, "Family Romance," in Japan uh, about where you can rent uh, friends and so. After I did the film, um, the leading character who runs the uh, agency was interviewed um, uh, by NHK, the national TV, and he was asked, "Can you provide us one of your clients?" And he said, "Yeah, there is somebody who has been in deep solitude, and he rented a friend from us." And it turned out that this rented uh, that this uh, client was actually also one an actor, an, an imposter from the stable of of the company. And uh, the TV station had to apologize in public, which is terrible in Japan. And um, Ishii, the leading character, he was reprimanded for it and he defends himself. And now comes the interesting part. He says, if I had sent them a real client, a man deeply in solitude, asking for renting a friend he would in order to save his face have told uh, a lie he would have told um, a benign version of his depth of solitude he would not have spoken the truth but i sent you an imposter and this imposter has done the job 220 times and he knows what he's talking about and he gave you the real truth and I think he's totally right. The imposter is the one who gives the truth, not the real person who asked for an imposter. It's
0: an extraordinary story. And, and, and this film is coming out now.
1: Yes, that's why. And well, it, I'm affected like everyone else. Not only this film, I have two theatrical premieres um, of two Uh, separate films coming up one in the United Kingdom Family Romance LNC I think next week of course it's not going to happen and in the United States uh, Nomad in the footsteps of Bruce Chatwin the film about Bruce Chatwin also a theatrical premiere forget about it Uh, it's not going to happen but I, I take it with stoicism it is as it is The films will outlive the virus.
0: What do you think Chatwin might have said at this moment?
1: Uh, That's hard to say. He would have been absolutely fascinated. And he would have been the one who would have started a new Decameron, a new Boccaccio, force everyone to tell the stories. Do you
0: think you might do that?
1: No. Uh, Well, I do have quite a few stories. Uh, uh, coming at me with vehemence, and I'm, I'm just trying to uh, to ward them off and giving them some shape and have an organized approach to them. I cannot do everything at once, Werner, but we'll see. We'll see wonderful stories coming out.
0: Werner, it's such a pleasure always to talk to you, even in these dark times. Always, always inspiring, and I I look forward to. Which, which stories you will be telling after yes. this um, pandemic is over.
1: Yeah, and good luck with this, uh, with this format that you have, and, and hang on in, stay safe. All right.
0: I, I will do my best. You too. All the Bye best. Bye-bye, yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. To support this show and DubLab's progressive programming, Go to dublab.com slash support.